As society continues to face huge challenges around climate change, increasing inequality and unsustainable consumption, governments, individuals and businesses must work together in order to live within the means of our planet. In the lead-up to the 2020 United Nations Climate Change Conference in November this year, international focus is on businesses who are taking the lead and accelerating climate action where governments are unable to act. Since its inception, IKEA has recognised this responsibility to act by minimising the impact of its operations on the planet. Today, we are talking to the IKEA country retail manager, Jan Gardberg, about all things climate change, sustainability and the IKEA vision. Jan, thanks for talking with us. Oh, hello, Aaron. Hello. Very good to, to have you. So, um, we're talking about sustainability and I guess to get things started, can you talk about why sustainability is important for a business like IKEA? Yeah, there's many uh, many reasons why. Uh, I think the one that immediately comes to my head and, and why it's important is that our business is uh, covering the total supply chain. I mean, really, from uh, we own the the design and the solutions we created from from the start, based on, of course, uh, customers' uh, needs. Mm. Then. Uh, we uh, look at and decide ourselves what type of raw material should we use into this uh, new solution or, or a product. Uh, we look at uh, how can we minimize the waste and, uh, and of course it goes throughout the whole total supply chain where we produce it and how we distribute it and also how we, we sell it. So, so for us, of course, it's, it's quite natural to say that we want to take the full accountability responsibility for that whole uh, uh, life cycle of a product. So that actually already starts on the idea stage mm. where we start to think about what's the end of life of these products. How will it actually get back either into the uh, raw material cycle and how can it easily be uh, disposed? So so for us, it's, it's very, very natural that to, to say that, uh, uh, you know, this built-in sustainability thinking uh, from the beginning uh, is super important for us. So I think that uh, it starts really with uh, our business model. Our business model is quite different than, uh, than many other companies. It's that we are from the beginning uh, owning the, the design and the solution of the product. And this starts uh, already with an accountability and responsibility when designing a solution based on customers' real needs. Mm. We need to already then take decisions on what's the raw material we're going to use, how can we minimize uh, uh, waste in the production, and actually already when before we're launching a product, thinking about how will this product end its life? Mm. How can we make it easy and, and simple uh, for uh, putting it into a circular economy. And since we then uh, are part of making decisions on how this one is, where it is produced, how it is distributed and where it is sold, it comes very natural for us to, to, uh, to work with the integrated sustainability approach. And we do that, of course, not only thinking solely on sustainability. We talk about the five dimensions of democratic design principles and we need to cover... Uh, both the quality aspect, uh, the sustainability aspect, the form and the functions, but equally important, it has to be affordable mm. so that uh, we don't design products and solutions with built-in sustainability and then they cost a fortune. Mm. So at every stage of the life cycle of the products, then sustainability is built into that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, very good. Um, 
Earlier this month, you spoke in Canberra at the mm. Business Council for Sustainable Development. Um, can you tell me about that event and why it's important for IKEA to to speak at forums like that? Yeah, it was a great pleasure to be there. It was actually the first time I, I, I ever went inside of the Parliament House. Of course, I've been uh, being there, been there around as a tourist, but this was the first time that I, I really was in uh, in the Parliament House. And um, <clears throat> I think that going back uh, a number of years, uh, we have been, I would say, uh, maybe too quiet mm. about all of the good things that we do. Mm. Uh, I think yeah, we have maybe misinterpreted sometimes some of our IKEA values, like being humble. Mm. And humble doesn't mean that we should be quiet. Uh, we should uh, also be able to speak about the good things that we are doing. And that was a great opportunity for me to share to a larger audience about many of the good things that we already have done and that we have launched and yep. things that we are on the way to do. That's great. And one of the things that you <coughs> spoke about is this concept of uh, democratic sustainability or democratizing yeah. sustainability. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think that today, all of us that go uh, go shopping, let's say we go go shopping in a, in a grocery store, mm. and and uh, then maybe our uh, son or daughter is standing next to us and say, "Mom, Dad, you know, you, we we should buy this, and uh, because that is more sustainable than that." And usually, uh, when you look then on the price tag, uh, it's unfortunately like that that mon- many of the right choices uh, to choose a product comes with a premium mm. uh, f- from a sustainability point of view. And I think that's what I meant a little bit, that we need to uh, start to democratize uh, sustainability. We need to not only about saving the planet, but we need to also to help to save uh, people's uh, wallets. Yeah. And I guess on that point, a lot of businesses would say that when you improve sustainability, that means profit is impacted and costs have to go up for for customers. What do you have to say to those businesses who say that it's too hard or too costly to implement sustainability in their business? I would say that uh, maybe that's an old myth. Mm. Uh, Of course, I also uh, recognize that all businesses are not set up in the way that IKEA that I previously explained that where we are involved in the total value chain. So we, of course, have some other... uh, capabilities and possibilities to think it through but I, I, I believe you know you have to have a positive mindset and then uh, uh, that anything is is really possible it's it's uh, the old classic thing that uh, why should uh, beautiful and, and, and good uh, looking home furnishing products uh, cost a fortune and I think uh, within IKEA we're trying to constantly uh, uh, show that it is possible to get something that is beautiful, nice looking, good quality, but also with built-in sustainability and it's still affordable. Great. And that's and that's a model that I guess is good for the planet, but it also makes good business sense for IKEA. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, you could say like this, if you, uh, if you can reach more of the many, uh, you might not... Uh, Earn, if you say like that, mm. uh, or the, the sales revenue from from uh, from a smaller amount of people, but you, you can actually then with larger volumes and uh, making it more accessible, then of course you can still make a good business. Yep. But I think the uh, more and more businesses are seeing this as a as a, a possibility to also to differentiate themselves from a marketing point of view and from a 
creating a, a different brand value. Mm. Uh, and we see also that uh, people are more and more turning to companies that have a, uh, a purpose. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I guess something that IKEA talks a lot about is being climate positive and having a people and planet positive strategy. Um, I'm wondering if you can explain a little bit about what that means. The people and planet positive strategy. Yeah, yeah. we <clears throat> the and it, it's a it's a strategy that really basically uh, consists of of three main change drivers and, and areas, and uh, the number one is really about uh, uh, living a more sustainable life, uh, and that is directly speaking to our range that that we have in mm. our solutions. It's very much speaking. Uh, towards uh, the behaviors, the everyday behaviors that you and me do every day that we might sometimes not think about. But uh, it's about uh, solutions that can help to save water, uh, save energy, um, and to uh, also food waste, and et cetera, and so on. And in the end, the, 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 the proposition we have there around that one is, is that you actually, by changing those behaviors, you're not only doing good things for the environment and the climate, but at the same time, you're actually saving uh, money. Yeah. Uh, the second part of the strategy is very much talking about uh, energy and it is talking about circularity. Yeah. Uh, so this is, uh, you could say, even more closer to the core business that we are doing. So it's addressing questions around uh, what type of source of energy do we use? So it should be renewable energy, solar and, 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 and wind and, and so on. And uh, it's also how we are operating uh, all of our own uh, facilities and buildings and, uh, and how we can also create into the value chain uh, what is considered today maybe as waste. How can we see that as commodities that goes into a circular economy? So yeah. that means that not just going in, in somewhere else and getting wasted, but actually comes back into our production. Yeah. And uh, uh, the third part is really talking about uh, community engagements and equality and, and fairness. Um, and, and there is also uh, all coming really out from, uh, from our values as a company and to, to create a, a closer and better community involvement, but also seeing to that both uh, all of the people that's uh, you know our co-workers and uh, where we are uh, present in the communities that we are actually acting as a role role model yeah and so it's obviously very clear ikea has a, a huge focus on sustainability is this a new concept for ikea or has this been around for a bit of time uh I like to see it like this, that 1976, if I'm correct, uh, that's the time when Ingvar Kampra, the, the founder of IKEA, actually wrote the Home Furnishing Dealers Testament. Mm. And it consists of 10 different uh, uh, chapters. And uh, when I go back and, and read this one that I sometimes do to re-energize myself, I can actually see that... I think not even the word sustainability was not maybe even invented back sure. then in the 70s, but it, it's all in there. It's talking about uh, uh, waste is, uh, is seen as a sin. Uh, it's, it's talking about uh, how, uh, 
how it is uh, how important it is to uh, do the right thing and not what only maybe the the numbers are showing and so on and there's a, a number of examples in there how it kind of talks and resonates even and echoes better today than it did back in the in the yeah. in the 70s yeah. so i would say that it's very much uh, engraved into our dna yeah. uh, and uh, and now it's very much on the on the forefront on everything that we are doing and it's it's living on from when that document was written and it exists yeah. now all across the company yeah yes amazing um in july last year in addition to your role as country retail manager uh, you were also appointed to the role of Chief Sustainability Officer. Um, what does that involve and what does that role look like for you? Yeah, uh, uh, I think also there many have asked me also, why have we done this and mm. should, do you think that other companies should, uh, should copy this? Um, and I would say that I think the reason why uh, it's, it's very much linked to that this is uh, showing also that we are taking a full accountability and 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 responsibility and me as the ceo and 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 retail manager here in ikea australia it is something that i also are held accountable for it's not not something that i can delegate to uh, to somebody else and and believe that then things will happen. It also speeds up, uh, I feel, the decision making. Yes, uh, that we can move faster in into in this within this space. And uh, would I recommend other companies to do it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's uh, since it is uh, uh, an important part when the building up a sustainable business. We have been around now for seventy five plus years and. We see that uh, if we want to be around for another 75 years, we have to have this incorporated into business decisions. Uh, and in terms of businesses and just thinking about Australia at the moment and the debates that are going on about climate change and the environment and sustainability, what role do, com do businesses like IKEA have in addressing climate change? Because the government has a role and you know that will be worked mm -hmm. out. Um, people have a role, but... Um, people are now looking to businesses like IKEA, and I'm wondering if you could talk about the role that IKEA has in in the climate change debate. Yeah, uh, one one important role is of course to be much more open and transparent with all of the things that we're doing, and even uh, things that we might not have yet done, but we are committed to deliver. So that means to step forward and say that we are committed to, to go in this direction. We haven't yet figured out everything, but we are committed to take it in this way. I think that that is uh, taking also some bold leadership uh, for, uh, for, for many topics. Um, the role that we can also play is hopefully then uh, be an inspiration for, uh, for others. Um, also to... Uh, by being out and speaking more about our uh, yes. our business agenda going forward, uh, also inviting for like-minded companies to be able to uh, to, to come uh, together, because I believe that some of the challenges and I would like to say opportunities that exist within the space of, for example, waste, is not something that one single company uh, right. can can kind of. Uh, revolutionize everything but by coming together with other like-minded uh, companies and even if that one might be direct competitors i think that you know why not join forces for something that is really good yeah definitely and um, throughout your career at ikea you've worked all around the world in russia 
in China and in Sweden um, and now in Australia. And I'm wondering, um, how do you see Australia's approach to climate change compared to the rest of the world? Do you think it's different from other countries? Oh, difficult question in one way without putting anyone on a, on a hot spot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I would say like this, that uh, I am very, very uh, happy about the dialogue ongoing right now yep. here in, in Australia. I think I have seen a shift in the past three years. I came here about three years ago. Um, and I'm really happy to see that dialogue ongoing and uh, and uh, more and more uh, questions are raised also from uh, uh, from from ordinary people. Uh, it's questions raised in into boardrooms and uh, etc. And, and I think that that's where change starts already from a mindset point of view. Yes. Uh, so uh, so I wouldn't say that you know anyone is is better or, or or worse or anything like that. I think you know you have to work in the context where you are, and then you have to. Uh, work with the belief uh, for the future and have a positive outlook and then do what is morally right to do. Absolutely. So looking at some of those um, ambitious targets that IKEA has in Australia, uh, one of them is to have 100% electric vehicle delivery to the home uh, by 2025. How is IKEA going in terms of reaching that goal? Yeah, uh, first I was uh, quite... um, uh, I, I saw in front of me a big challenge for us because uh, we didn't couldn't really find that uh, this topic was uh, alive and kicking here in in Australia. Yes, uh, but we have been lucky enough to find some really good uh, partners into this. So service providers that have been listening to us and uh, and have been willing to step into uh, to this development. And I'm really happy to see that we are finally on our way. And that we are starting, hopefully, by uh, <clears throat> the end of this uh, uh, financial year, somewhere in, in August, we will most probably cover almost 10% already of our home delivery volumes uh, with electrical vehicles. And we also just recently organized a, um, a get-together with all of our service partners to, again, uh, kind of make an assessment where are we and make clear on, on our ambitions and, and going going forward with this. Um, it's, um, it's not done until it's done, yep. uh, but uh, I believe that we have come over the first hurdles and uh, we are going to find uh, an, uh, a viable model on how we can introduce this for uh, and, and cover 100% of our uh, home deliveries. And, and some parts of the world, 100% electric vehicle delivery is already mm-hmm. happening, yes. like in Shanghai for IKEA. Uh, what are some of the challenges um, in Australia, particularly around rolling out EVs? Yeah, uh, of course, you, you mentioned now uh, Shanghai. Mm-hmm. We know that uh, there is an enormous production already since some years back in in, uh, in China when it comes to, to batteries and electrical vehicles. So that of course is, is uh, an advantage when you have that in your, uh, in your country. Uh, we are not blessed with that here in Australia, but there are some uh, brave companies that's willing to, to start to in, invest into this area. And I think we're going to see the same development that we have seen that's taken off when it comes with uh, solar panels and, uh, and battery storage and so forth. So I think it's more a matter of time before it also comes full force uh, here in, in uh, Australia. 
Very good. Um, something else IKEA has done recently, um, in October last year, nationally, the buyback service was launched. Um, and I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about that service and some of the successes um, since it went live. Yeah, and it's quite interesting how, how that uh, buyback service started. It started by uh, an IKEA co-worker that was attending one of our leadership programs uh, in the region. And uh, into that leadership program, you had to uh, pick a, uh, a business case mm. that you would work on. And uh, he shared with me that... Uh, he had problems, struggled to try to find uh, what should he actually bring in as his business project. And uh, while he was uh, walking outside of his house and thinking about this, he actually suddenly saw uh, some heaps of furniture on the curbside. And that was actually the day for the council pickup. And in this pile of furniture, he saw a lot of IKEA items. And uh, that made him start to wonder and said he almost first started to cry around this and said that how can it be that I've been a part of selling many of these items and, and here I find them, you know, they, are, they look like they're okay, but somebody's disposing of them. So then he formulated a business case around this one, around the buyback. Couldn't we from IKEA find a way where people might get tired of the solutions that they have, but they can still live on. And couldn't we help to kind of get somebody else to adopt uh, those uh, furnitures and, and, and solutions? And that's how it actually started. So we did the pilot, I think one and a half year ago, tested the business model. And now we can probably say that we have launched this uh, take back uh, uh, buyback scheme uh, all across our stores. Amazing. And so how does it work? So you, you just literally bring in your old furniture into an IKEA and then what happens? Almost that simple. Almost. <laughs> it starts with uh, like most of things uh, not on an app but on the web. Yes. That you need to log in to the, to the web, our website uh, and there uh, you click on, on certain areas. So, so let's say that it's a uh, it, uh, upholstered furniture then you get to say is it a sofa and uh, yes and then you click further and then it actually comes up on the screen uh, pictures of the products that you have and we have now then updated the database so I think we go back more than 10 years uh, of so things that we sold 10 years ago you will find the picture of that sofa and then you can recognize that one and then you yourself have to make first judgment is this uh, heavily used or is it medium used or, or is it almost in pristine condition and then you automatically get the quote uh, over the website that this is what we are prepared if it meets this uh, these quality standards that you said yourself then we're going to buy it back for this amount of dollars and then uh, you can come to us and we will buy that inspect it and the inspection is not so much about inspecting that if you're being honest or truthful mm. <laughs> how you have said but it's more from a safety aspect because we need to make sure of that uh, all the safety is there when we then uh, uh, get somebody else to buy it. Um, this is the future, isn't it? Circularity and the sort of types of products and services that businesses are offering. How do you see that expanding for IKEA going forward? Mm -hmm. I would say that uh, this the buyback is uh, maybe not exactly circularity. Uh, it's about prolonging the lifetime uh, of the of the product. Um, so 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 that uh, but of the true dream is of course with circularity is that 
when products come back um, when they are end of life, instead of ending up to getting incinerated or ending up as a landfill, that we actually can separate uh, the raw materials from each other and use that as commodity in new production of new solutions. So that is really the, the ecosystem that we want to put into place, that it becomes circular. And then, you know, and how can this work? It, it starts to work when you start to see waste not as waste, but really as a value, uh, that it is seen as a commodity. And, uh, and of course, the most obvious uh, waste streams today here in Australia, I mean, plastic is one of those ones, which is a, a big challenge, not only for the environment, but what to do with it yes. uh, here in, in, in Australia. So, of course, we already have some examples of how we have circularity in place with PET bottles. So we have a, uh, a kitchen front that is called Kungsbacka, which is the front is made out of PET bottles. But then you need to have an infrastructure in place yes. uh, also. And, and today we, uh, we don't have that infrastructure yet in, in, in place here, I would say. Now, IKEA has recently announced a new product that will be coming, uh, Sulstrala. Yes. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what Sulstrala is um, and I guess it being out of the outside of the traditional IKEA offering and why IKEA has decided to go down this path. Yeah, it's IKEA and the funny names, huh? so <laughs> Solstråle. Stråle. Stråle, yes, which means actually sunbeam. Sunbeam. Yeah, sunbeam. So, uh, uh, yeah, we are, I'm also personally super excited uh, about this. Uh, when I came here to, to Australia, um, I put the question uh, in for us in the, in the team here that, that couldn't it, should be possible, we should be, have been the first ones within all of the different IKEA countries to, to launch this because we have sun uh, all around the year in most places anyway and the, the payback uh, setup for, for this should be quite quick. So uh, we started then the journey to, to, uh, to explore the market, what's been offered before, what is offered, but most importantly uh, what service providers or what companies exist in this space today? And would there be a company that we could join together with that shares our same kind of values and, uh, and uh, it's a strategic uh, partnership that we could go into? And, and that's when we uh, then finally decided to go together with uh, SolarGain. And uh, we are starting to, to launch this. We have just right now uh, a test launch ongoing for the co-workers. And that's because we want to make sure that all of the processes and, uh, and so on is, is correct before we go to the market. But the ambition is that uh, in April we will start to launch it. And by end of uh, June uh, it should be available to all of the markets where we operate. And can you talk a little bit about the home solar product? Like, what's what what's it like, and how is it different from what's out there on the market at the moment? Yeah, when uh, <coughs> when looking into this uh, and and how how it works on the market, uh, you as a private consumer, let's say you, you decide that you want to. I think solar is good. I mm. want to put that on on top of my uh, my uh, my roof. Then uh, what actually happens is that you get in contact uh, in order to get the ready uh, solution that is up and functioning. Uh, 
it's very rare that you can just go to to one uh, service provider that takes care of of everything yes. and that they very early on can give you a perfect quote and say this is what's going to stop yeah. not more not less so the important thing in into this one uh, was from us that we know a lot about customers frustrations and uh, customers aspirations and and this part and by then marrying that with somebody that really knows all about uh, the quality and the technology what we wanted to provide for the customers on this market is this uh, very hassle free uh, uh, approach to uh, join the solar club so to say then and i mean we we have introduced you know our no nonsense return policies and, uh, and and so forth so so we just took that type of a business mindset into uh, to this space very good we look forward to seeing soul stroller in australia very <laughs> soon so just talking about um, democratic sustainability or democratizing sustainability can you talk a little bit about some of the ways ikea offers that to its customers yeah previously i mentioned how we we utilize uh, uh, from the beginning with the design of the product the choice of raw materials and uh, when we decide what type of production technique and how it should be distributed and how many products on a per cubic meter and so on to look at the carbon footprint when, when distributing. So all at a very early stage, we also decide what is this solution going to cost? Is it going to uh, be on a, on a kind of a low price segment or is it going to be on a medium price or, or, or a high price? And then we have different criteria, but all of them have to have some built-in sustainability parts into it so that is a way also for us not to kind of say that we only if you only go for let's say a little bit uh, more expensive uh, coffee table solutions then you will gain the built-in sustainability with the material choice and uh, how it's packaged and wrapped etc and so on we actually do that also from the low price so and we always start with the low price because again we need to make it affordable for the many people mm. but then you also have people that uh, are willing to spend a little bit more money and and then you kind of step it up so it's a step-by-step -step ladder approach so all across the range we are working in these different segments but none of them uh, are specifically targeted for sustainability it's actually all across so we work with the from the product design this is like a scorecard system also so uh, so that you need to fulfill a certain amount of scores before actually that product uh, is allowed to proceed into the development and to actually later on come onto the market. So something that some IKEA stores in Australia are doing at the moment, which is quite innovative, is uh, having space for beehives out the front of the store. I'm wondering if you can talk about how beehives come to exist at IKEA. Yeah, we have recently been quite busy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with the bees, uh, I think it's not something completely new. Uh, I know that it exists in many other places, and I think also actually in Canberra outside of the yes. Parliament House. Um, so we started actually down in, in Canberra to see, okay, how could we find a, a way to uh, to give room for for bees, and the bees that we are we are having on the premises in the in the Canberra store, they're also quite special because. The store is situated quite close to the airport uh, and uh, 
Uh, one of the hives is like called the sentinel hive. So apparently also the bees can pick up uh, certain type of chemicals that exist in the in the environment. So so it's a part of of uh, of an early detection system and to see how the how, how the environment is uh, is maybe changing. Uh, we have had our first uh, uh, harvest. Uh, from also the some of the honey there that uh, we gave to the co-workers and uh, and we also have uh, implemented uh, beehives here in IKEA Tempe and why do we do this yeah it's uh, again it's about biodiversity uh, and and bees are uh, many t- all types of bees and actually all flying insects are a part of a ecosystem where it's pollination so uh, you know uh, Insect hotels uh, uh, and so forth are, are all welcome, and we need to find a model where we can actually also integrate that into uh, to our stores. Jan Garberg, thank you very much for your time, and thank you for the opportunity to talk about all things sustainability at IKEA. Thank you very much, Aaron.